Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back. Uh, yes, been waiting for this. Uh, buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. The man, the legend. He outruns locomotives, leaps tall buildings, uh, barely made it through the Iditarod, but he made it the 1,100 miles. He is a talk show host. Uh, he writes books, and he's a pastor of the 180 Chicago Church. And none other than our friend Carl Kloss is back with us this morning. And you have a couple of places you can go to connect with him. Sevenresolutions.com is one of his websites. And the other one is Carl, that's K-A-R-L, Klaassen.com. And there's a picture of the landing page. Hey, buddy, good to see you. How are you? I'm doing tremendous, Barry. How are you, my friend? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you you recovered from the NRB? We're doing really well. And it was so good to see you there. And I, I got to tell you, um, Perry, I love your spirit. I love your authenticity. I love your heart for the gospel. And we need more of this today. We live in shaky times, and I'm a gospel man, Perry. I believe the tomb is empty and God is on the move. Yep. I think uh, down the road, you and I need to do a show together. I mean, you know, like a weekly show. You know, we can play off of each other. And <laughs> I'm for it. Count me in. I'm for it. Yeah, you know, two old white guys telling them the truth. How's that? <laughs> Maybe that's right out everybody would see it we might as well call it what it is there you go oh so much to talk to you about i, I want to talk to you about change uh you know the cultural changing but we're having a tough time as people individuals changing and i know that you you talk about this uh, why is it a struggle for us to let some things go well you know if we think about the church let me take this from a pastor's standpoint first year period okay i am convinced that we have for many years tried to disciple the unregenerate. What do I mean by that? I think we have attempted to equip people with truth that were not yet transformed by the power of God. That's a problem. Yeah. And I mean that because we've had an easy believism in American Christianity that's foreign to most of our friends around the globe. So I think what, one of the problems that we've had is that we've tried to lower the bar on the gospel when Jesus always raised the bar. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you've heard it was said, but I say to you. So the you have heard it was said was an old covenant teaching. He said, but I say to you. And with regard to lust and pornography, he says, hey, uh, I do not even look at a woman lustful. So what happens here is we've tried to lower the bar to get everyone into church but we've not got had a lot of people in Christ. So I think post-COVID and post-Christian America, we actually now have a critical mass that we can begin to disciple. So I am bullish. I'm optimistic. I believe the time is now to live the Great Commission and to go make disciples, Perry. Okay, so by lowering the bar, did we close the door on the transcendence of God? Yes, Perry, you nailed it. By lowering the bar, we've made God puny, and we do not have a puny God. We've said, you know, instead of a gospel, here's, here's one thing that we have a hard time stomaching. But in John 8, Jesus is clear. When he looks at the Pharisees, he says, you are sons of the devil. You are children of the devil. 
So we've, I think we've treated salvific issues, not from a transcendent perspective, but we've lowered the bar so much that we've, the, the God of the Bible is not even a recognizable God in the pew today. So here's what we got to remember. We are born with our backs to God. We are born as enemies of the cross. Now that sounds hardcore, but if we're offering salvation, are we offering salvation to make us a little better now or to make us regenerate by the power of the spirit that indwells us to make us new? And I think that's where we've missed it. So you're right on, Perry. We've diminished God in the process of diminishing the gospel presentation. But now we've got a golden opportunity. Perry, I truly believe, I know a lot of people are screaming the sky has fallen. Perry, this could be our finest moment. This is the moment when the church is driven to their knees in prayer. This is the moment when we can go and make disciples as Christ always told us to. Okay, so where this leads us, Carl, is there is a genuine hunger for the transcendence of God. But we may, have, we may have a generation or two on the scene that doesn't even know what that is. And yet the culture is forcing us to say, God, you have to show up in a dimension we haven't witnessed before. And yet he's done it in the past, but maybe he hasn't done it now. And we, we need this. I don't know if we're desperate enough. I, you know, I don't know if we're desperate enough, but I think the culture is. Here's a weird thing. October 2022, New York Times ran a piece in their paper called How to Live with a Ghost in Your House. And it was a story of a man that had a haunted house. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, we have diminished the power of the Holy Spirit. We've diminished the reality that there are spiritual beings. I think we have a very spiritual culture that's dying to hear what Philip told Simon the Sorcerer in Acts 8. Mm. Simon the Sorcerer was considered the Messiah. He was the great God around Samaria. Philip shows up because Stephen had just gotten stoned to death in Jerusalem. Philip shows up 40 miles north of Jerusalem in Samaria, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and casting out demons, and they are receiving the Holy Spirit. Simon the Sorcerer, very spiritual but totally lost man, sees the power of the Holy Spirit, actually tries to buy that power for a few shekels, gets stiff-armed by Philip, and yet that city became a flame for Christ. Is, was Samaria poised for spiritual awakening? Yeah. Did they understand spiritual things? Yes. Do we live in a United States that is post-Christian? Yes. Do they have a hunger for the transcendent and the spiritual? Yes. We need to quit trying to get people in back to church again and get people in the power of Christ, Perry. I'll let that sink in because we're talking about authentic faith. And um, I'm wondering if we have replaced authentic faith with just philosophy. Oh, Perry, we have. We have. And, and frankly, it's time for us to come back to the gospel, understanding that we live in a world that's desperately hungry. I'm sitting here in a great city, Chicago, right outside the door are people by the millions who are lost, absolutely lost. D.L. Moody was confronted with this issue when the World's Fair came to Chicago. All of his pastor friends said, we got to get out of town. He said, no way, I'm running into the fire. He set up a tent at the World's Fair 
and had an awakening here in Chicagoland. We don't run from the culture. We run to the culture with a message of a transcendent, holy, mighty God that is setting captives free today. So instead of being first responders to the culture, are we in recovery ourselves trying to figure out if God really is real? Boy, you're hitting some hot buttons here, Perry. You're <laughs> right. I mean, here's the reality. We've got to ask ourselves a question. Do we believe the gospel is real? Is it bearing fruit in our life? Or have we become, like I like to call it, have we become spiritual self-helpers rather than God's power people? And I think we've become spiritual self-helpers. We've lived in the natural realm so long we can't help people out of their supernatural, frankly, demonic that they're living. We need to come right back to the foot of the cross here, Perry. So there's a lot of talk about end times, second coming. I get all that, and it's very real, okay? But I wonder if Christians are afraid of it instead of living for it. I just buried my dad. Mm. Went to Alaska. My dad lived 95 years. He lived strong. You might cry thinking about him here for a second. My dad was a warrior. But my dad had no fear of eternity. He had a joy. And I, um, I Perry, I, I got to tell you, where are the saints that have a hunger for belonging with the Lord for eternity? If, if our heaven is here on earth, we have settled for, as C.S. Lewis says, too pitiful little. We have settled for mud pies in the bay when a whole ocean of opportunity is before us. So we need a revival around the word of God. And, you know, we, we look at the world around us. Judgment begins in the house of God. We need to look at ourselves and go, have we settled for something that is too puny, too small, doesn't even resemble a God of the scriptures, and say, God, build a fire in me again. Yeah, and that goes back to our earlier topic there, Carl, uh, the transcendence of God. Um, I, I think we all want to see it, hear it, experience it. Um, are we people of the book of Acts or aren't we? <laughs> Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I I'd say that's a fair question, and I'm preaching through the Book of Acts right now at our church, 180 Chicago. In fact, we're launching a new campus up on North Shore here soon, and I am seeing real hunger. When I was touching on spiritual warfare and the demonic versus angels and the power of the Holy Spirit. I saw a church come alive. They know it. They feel it. As long as we minister in the natural, come to my Bible study, learn more. If it was about learning more, we should be the most abundant living people on the planet in the history of mankind. But why are our brothers and sisters in northern Nigeria under the constant threat of persecution and death from the Boko Haram saying, oh, don't, don't, we're not leaving. Just pray for our safety as we preach the gospel. They know what it is to live in the power of Christ. And Perry, we need that for our everyday lives today. You touched a nerve here because I've said it. Maybe I've even shared it with you. I, I, sermons are great. Books are great. Seminars are great. Um, concerts are great. They all have their place. But they're only, at the end of the day, only two things are going to change you. Inspiration or desperation. Love that quote by you. You're right. That's it. And we need to be desperate so that we can get inspired by the Spirit again. 
Yeah. Let me take a quick break here. We'll come back. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, Carl has a couple of places. CarlClausen.com is his website. Check out his book, Seven Resolutions. And then that's also a website, sevenresolutions.com, a very helpful resource. Check it out. Get it. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. a delight to have with us Carl Clauston. He's also the uh, morning host on Carl and Crew Mornings on the uh, Moody Radio Network. Uh, he's pastor of 180 Chicago Church. Uh, he's uh, an author of a book. By the way, his book, The Seven Resolutions, Where Self-Help Ends and God's Power Begins, it's a must-read. There's a picture of the cover of the book. Uh, you can go to sevenresolutions.com, uh, order it, look for it online as well. And his personal website is carlclauston.com. In fact, Carl, i got to tell you, I have uh, pleasurized your book on many occasions and kept the offering. <laughs> do that. We'll get that sorted out at the, at the Bemis seat. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, you say something in the book that I think is, it may be the nugget in the book. I know there's a lot of good things in there, but you say, that you don't encourage people to set goals, but to focus. That is so significant. So significant. Why don't you unpack that for us? Earthly goals can fall so short, short of what God has for us. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard. Mind is not conceived of what God has for us. He wants to do more than we can ask or imagine. When we set goals, we often limit what God wants to do in our life. And goals are often a function of living out our life in the natural man. And uh, we know that this is possible because the Church of Galatia was going through a lot of spiritual motions, but they were missing out on the power of God. They'd become spiritual self-helpers. And I know this. I'm going to read this text. This is so clear. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Perry, when we set goals and they are set in the natural man or natural woman, we are limiting what God wants to do. There was a book about uh, the great coach, Bill Walsh, and it was titled, The Score Will Take Care of Itself. And he had a, he had a, a plan, and it was simply this. We go do the blocking and tackling. We don't set any goals for Super Bowls, NFC playoffs, championships, none of that. We go do the blocking and tackling. We go operate, and the score will take care of itself. As Christ followers, living focused in an abiding relationship with Christ, humbling ourselves under his mighty hand, 
we will find that a whole panorama of opportunities and yes, callings and maybe the job we have or the struggle that we're facing will begin to, I remember the old song when I was a kid growing up, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Stop setting goals. Start living a flame for Jesus and watch where he takes you. It's further than any goal. I'm a recovering goal set crazy man. I mean, you don't go, <laughs> run, I, I, you, don't, you don't go run the Iditarod without a goal, right? Yeah. But I've found that God's got me on a journey of faith that exceeds any goal we can set in the natural man. Let me, let me just add a little PS to that. Do it. Um, I was working with another Christian radio group years ago, and I was in charge of the budget. And they gave me the budget sheet to go out and work. And they said, you have two weeks to put the budget together for this network of stations. Well, I came back in 48 hours, and I handed the president the budget. And he goes, how'd you do this? And I said, well, it's pretty simple. My budget is what God supplied last year. Who am I to presume and set a goal that he's going to supply more? He trusted us with this amount last year. That's my budget for this year. And ever since I've incorporated that, our budget has increased. That's beautiful, Perry. That's living by faith, walking by faith. We've got some of the most generous people here, these saints in Chicagoland, and we've had... Oh, we've had an opportunity for people to keep the mics hot here in Chicago. And <laughs> it's called Share. And because we're listener supported, Perry, we, we raised in one Friday here a few months ago, one Friday, $199,000 in a four hour radio show. Wow. And now, did we have a budget for that? No. As here's, here's what I love to say. God doesn't want us to reach a budget. He's called us to reach people. Right. When we have our eyes set on people rather than budget, Katie, bar the door. We don't know what God's fixing to do. Right. Yeah, because my point there is, is that in business, they'll teach you, you got to build in 7, 8, 10, 12%. Right. And you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how to do that. Faith goes out the window. So my attitude is, whatever God supplied last year... That's what he trusted you with. Right. And now, he if he might wants to trust you with more, he'll give you more. He'll give you more. Amen, brother. So, so I want to come back, what few moments we have here, I want to come back to the whole issue of transcendence. The reason, okay. I, the reason I want to do this is because, I want to say this carefully, people are so hungry for a supernatural something in their life. Yes. I don't know if God can trust us anymore because we turned it into a glorified ministry and big events. What's wrong with just praying somebody at the altar of your church and they get healed there? And we don't have to capitalize on that. That's just the every day activity of coming to church. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. If you look at Acts chapter eight, this this underscores your point. Uh, we've set forward a, a Christianity in America that is platform oriented. Now, it's funny because we're sitting here on a big platform that you have here. Right. That. right. But, but Philip 
was called out of Samaria to go to Gaza, but not to a city. You know what God called him to? He said, go to a road, go to a road, go to a road, go to a dusty road. And on that road, he ran into a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch in charge of the wealth of Candace of Ethiopia. And the rest of the story goes that the Ethiopian eunuch was studying in Isaiah and he called Philip up into his chariot and said, hey, you want to explain this to me? Well, that man was transformed by the power of God. And that man went, actually impacted a nation. So let's not look for the Sunday experience. Go to the road in your life that God's called you to and look for that divine, supernatural, transcendent appointment because there might be a eunuch needing some help today that could change the world. Yeah. Yeah, because people are looking to us to see if our God is who we explain him to be. Uh, Yeah, they're wondering for real. Is this for real? Yeah, uh, you know, you've heard me say, in fact, you probably have used it and kept the offering. And that is that uh, <laughs> if your ministry doesn't work at home, don't export it, you know. Is, what, what we exported in missions a lot of times for many years around the world was a very knowledge-based uh, faith. And, you know, discipleship was never intended to be informational. It was tended to be, intended to be transformational. And when we see that God is a transforming God, not an informing God, we're on the path to revival. So my closing question for you, Carl, is this. Uh, we, We all feel that we are now in a season that could very well be ushering in the second coming. I mean, there's more things that are pointing to this than ever before in the history of humanity. I guess the question is, why aren't we living like it? We've lived for the we've lived for the here and now, Perry. We've lived for the here and now. We've settled for too little. I was citing C.S. Lewis. I don't have the direct quote, but he says we've fooled about with drink and sex and other things when a whole world of spiritual blessing is before us. And you know, we need to get our eyes off the natural onto the supernatural. And when I say supernatural, I'm not talking about us doing great exploits. I'm talking about us being jars of clay that allow the light of Jesus to shine through us and to reach neighbors, friends, wayward children. The deconstruction in the church to me is a misnomer because I don't know that you can deconstruct what Jesus never constructed. So my hope for our nation is that being post-Christian, post-God, which we clearly are, this will drive us to our knees in prayer and that we will find God's power and finally say no to self-help Christianity. Because uh, when you see Jesus rebuking those that he sent out, he said, well, we went out and we casted out devils in your name. We healed the sick, raised the dead. And he comes back and he says, well, depart from me. I never knew you. I mean, that's one of the toughest parts in the whole Bible right there. Yeah. But he goes on to say, you workers of iniquity, he explains the problem. And if you look up that word iniquity in there, it means concealed sin. 
So I'm yeah. wondering if we're asking God to bless our nonsense while we're concealing sin. No question. I mean, that passage that you cite is a scary one, Perry, in that he says, I never knew you, and these are people who preached in Jesus' name, cast out demons in his name, and did mighty works in the name of Jesus. All in the name of Jesus. Right, right. But the are we living in the power of the risen Savior? That's the question. And, and the only answer to that is to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand today, and he will lift us up. What do you want people to take away from your book? That God's power is any kind of mustering of our own personal will power than we could possibly imagine. And we need to be drawn back to the foot of the cross. The one who saved us is the one who wants to sanctify us and quit walking. When we found Jesus on our knees, stay there. That's how we will grow. Wonderful. Uh, and by the way, it's uh, the book is entitled The Seven Resolutions Where Self-Help Ends and God's Power Begins. There's the picture of the cover of the book. It's also a website, sevenresolutions.com. You can go there, but uh, check out the book. Carl, you mentioned just briefly, uh, you're moving your church or you're relocating? We're actually expanding. We're, we're in the South Loop. We're in, we have 19 languages spoken at our church, Perry. It's a beautiful thing. But we are going to go up to the northern reaches of Chicagoland for the purpose of um, reaching uh, a, a lot of people that have been very discouraged and hurt. We've had some churches that have gone through some tough times here in Chicagoland, and we're going to be reaching out to those folks in the northern regions and suburbs of Chicago with another new campus. You know, we hear reports of Chicago of crime and murder and all that. I mean, you guys are not getting some good ratings these days, but on the other hand, it's an amazing place of opportunity. How's it going? Oh, we got a mission field and a half right here outside these windows. You see a, a high rise that's just being constructed right across the street from Moody right now. And these high rises, I'm looking out over them right now, they are filled with people that have never had a fair shot at the gospel. I believe we live among an unreached people group here in America. Mm. I do. Okay, folks, so a couple of places here. CarlClausen.com, that's his website. And uh, check out his book, SevenResolutions.com, and um, the book and, and the website. Carl, you're an inspiration, brother. Thank you. And uh, stay in the fight, buddy. We need you. Thank you. I love you, Perry. Thank you for this time. You too. All right, God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.